Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Uh, beat Washington today 7-0. Another good outing for Chris Bassett, who's now 13-7 and on the season. Eight innings, gave up three hits, a walk, no runs, obviously three strikeouts. Blue Jays over the Nationals, 7-0. We are getting you ready for the Labor Day Classic. It's Monday. It's on 6.30, Chad. Elks at Stampeders, 3.30 for the countdown to kick off. The game will start at 5 This guy will be participating in the game as the receivers coach for the Calgary Stampeders. You uh, remember him, and if you cheer for the double E, you probably didn't like him very much, and that's fine with him. Uh, (laughs) Canadian Football Hall of Fame receiver, one of the all-time greats in the league, Nick Lewis, checking in. Nick, it's Reed. Welcome back to the show. How have you been? What's up, Reed, brother? How you doing? I'm doing uh, very well. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. I, I know uh, uh, I, I know coaches rarely sleep, so I'm glad you found time for an interview. What is, I mean, I know you played and you were a busy and committed player. How do you compare the lifestyle of a player to the lifestyle of a coach, though? <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. I mean, as a coach, um, I get here before 7 a.m., and I'm still here getting work done right now. You know, and we, we start our first day tomorrow. But, you know, pretty much every day is a 12 to twelve to 14-hour day. Um, you know, so much goes into it, so much time and respect and effort goes into preparing for the the opponent and then to go out there and try to get a win. You know, it just uh, it sucks to keep losing, but uh, at the same time, you know, you have belief in what you're doing. Uh, so on a day like today, with with the team not practicing, and and I don't know if there were still some players around or or whatever, how much are you watching film? How much are you meeting with other members of the of the coaching staff? I just wonder how the the time breaks down and the day flows. Well, I mean, for most of the part, uh, most of the coaching staff, we we meet together um, quite often, especially the often the coaching staff. We meet every day, pretty much. Uh, just going over everything from, you know, possibilities of who's playing to what the game plan is going to be. And there's uh, so many other factors, right? you got to watch your film, uh, come up with your thoughts and ideas, and and then display them. And then, you know, you formulate the playbook for the week, and, and you keep going. Do you uh, – do you – like, are you – when you talk to the players – is it an advantage, like when you talk to your receivers, do you find it an advantage that you played the position or is it, you, you still have to find a way to communicate regardless of your playing experience? You know what I mean? I mean, I think you have to do it regardless of your playing experience. You know, you have to show confidence in what you're doing and what you're teaching that they will believe in you, that you can help them make them better. Um, that's one of the biggest things and the fact that I am a, uh, you know, a Hall of Famer in the CFL um, and, you know, played 14 years, it, it does go uh, far a bit a bit of a ways because the guys look at it and say, look, I want to get to where you are. 
you know, where you've been, won great cups. I've, you know, been – I've done a lot of things in this league. So, when I'm talking to the guys, it's it's really about how I can help them become the best version of themselves. It has nothing to do with me outside of just using my experience and my knowledge of the game uh, to just try to help them navigate uh, to improve their their skill set so that they can now become successful. Yeah. Well, and to transition into this season, I mean, you mentioned the record, and, I, and I've been talking for the last couple of days about the, the standings implications. Uh, it, it's kind of been interesting for the Stamps, and I've watched uh, – I haven't seen all your games, but I've seen a few. Certainly saw those two games against Saskatchewan that were both uh, tight. You had kind of a wild overtime game against Ottawa. But you guys have scored some points for the most part and been able to move the ball, and, and, and Mayer's leading the league in receiving yards. Uh, what's been clicking through the air for you guys, do you think? You know, it's just a, you know, a constant effort of what we're putting in uh, from the coaching staff, what the players are putting in, uh, to be able to go out and perform and execute at a high rate. You know, the biggest thing for us is we just haven't been able to make the plays uh, consistently um, at the end of the game to win the games, right? We've lost... I think six of the eight games we've lost are under eight points or one a one score game. So understanding that we got to find a way to win those games because we're not like we're going out getting blew out. We are being very competitive, and at times we we look like world beaters, but at the other times we don't. So uh, we just got to continue to fight for consistency, and uh, we believe in what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I got your scores up in front of me here. There was the one tough game uh, in BC on August 12th, but you're right. Uh, eight points, one point, a uh, 13-point win, seven-point loss, overtime, two points, uh, 13. Like, most of them are, like you said, within eight or even 14, so those games are there. Nick, you know, obviously the Elks have gone through a tough season, though better lately, though a lot of the discussion I had on this show with players and analysts and fans, how does this affect confidence, belief. Um, do you worry about that with, with your group or, or, or how do you sort of deal with that? Uh, and again, maybe this is one you compare as a player to a coach. There are going to be tough times. How much do you address the record or, or, or some of the struggles? How do you keep the group feeling buoyant? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, one, as an athlete, you put in way too much work in the offseason to ever sit back and just say, okay, it's a wasted season. There's always time to improve yourself and improve the team. And uh, from our standpoint, we, we look at the standings and we're only a couple games back with seven games to go. You know, we, we need to start making our, our climb now. Um, but I always talk to my receivers about becoming your best version of yourself on the field and off. And on the field, like adding skill sets and being able to do different things and uh, being able to recreate yourself on a yearly basis and, and come back and try it out and experiment it. Uh, this is what the journey is. You're trying to become your greatest self. And from that standpoint, no matter who you play, no matter if you have, you know, what circumstances are, if you have an opportunity to play, you have an opportunity to find your greatest self. And for us, that's what we focus on. And as a receiving core, you know, I, I just try to keep my guys motivated to stay in there and just understand that we have to be the engine of the car, go out and make plays. Uh, create excitement on the road and you know um, give us a give us a chance to win games on a consistent basis 
Yeah, that's a great phrase. We got to be the engine of the team, right? Uh, each position group can kind of take that responsibility on themselves. Nick Lewis joining us tonight, receivers coach for the Calgary Stampeders. He's joined me uh, several times as we're talking about uh, his journey on the coaching staff this season and uh, looking ahead. to. B- before I ask you some Labor Day Classic questions, I should have asked you this off the top. I know you uh, were on the Lions staff, I think, four years ago, but the, the appeal for you to join the, the Calgary staff at this stage of your life. Oh, good. You know, I've been building my company for the last three and a half years. Um, last year at the Great Cup, uh, seeing Dave Dickinson and, and John Huffnagel, uh, Coach Huff, and uh, we, we sit down and they they talk to me about what it would look like if I decided to come back and, and coach. And, you know, it's one of those things where I've always loved to coach. I actually take um, a part of a group that takes over 200 kids from Saskatchewan and Alberta down to Texas and in Vegas and play in uh, football tournaments. So uh, I love to coach and I love to be a part of the game and I love to help grow skill sets. And um, this is an opportunity that, you know, in the back of my mind from when I played here, thinking that, you know, one day I could be coaching here, right? Because coaching was always my dream job. It was never playing. I, as a Division II walk point, you don't say, hey, I'm going to go play pro football and play 14 years and become a Hall of Famer. Those things just don't happen, right? So, you, you have to be realistic in what you're building. And, and um, you know, I took a great detour that allowed me to be here. So I'm just very fortunate that, you know, the, the same group that was here pretty much uh, when I left in 2014 is, is still here on the offensive side of the ball. So I love working with those guys every day. Yeah, okay. So Labor Day, you played in the game uh, several times because you were with Calgary from 2004 to – 2014, though I, I can't remember if you were hurt or not in 2013, but uh, you still played in the game a lot. What, what, and I guess I almost have to group both games together because when you started, it was Monday, Friday. <laughs> now yeah. it's Monday, Saturday. First of all, what's it like when you run out onto the field Monday afternoon in McMahon for this game? Yeah, you know what? It's electric. I mean, I remember getting off the, uh, getting on the plane to come to Calgary for the first time and Somebody was asking me, are you going to play for the Stamps? I said, yeah. They said, well, no matter what else happens, just win Labor Day. Right? So just the importance of the game. And uh, you go back 19 years, and I think of guys like Senor Mobley and A.J. Gass and uh, Donnie Brady and a lot of those guys on the other sidelines that were hard-nosed football players that, that brought it every week. And just the intensity that goes into the game, you know, for for me, suiting up with John Grace and, and Brian Clark and all these guys, Joe Fleming, like it was so intense. And uh, when the both of the teams are really good, you you notice the intensity is there. Uh, but now there's a unique opportunity that I've never been a part of when both teams are bad, right? Or and I won't say bad, but just don't have great records. Right, both teams still have a chance to make the playoffs. Both teams, you know, Edmonton's won two games in a row. Um, so we're we're in a position where this could be the kickstarter, because they always say this season doesn't start till after Labor Day. So now we have a Labor Day game where each team is thinking we can now kickstart our season, the rest of our season, and make a run, get into the playoffs, and anything can happen. So I think it's a very interesting uh, dynamic that's playing out right now, uh, and I'm just looking forward to to seeing it from the sidelines. Uh, when you had the Monday to the Friday and both teams, I mean, I know it was the same for the both teams, but like did that, um, 
Did that irritate you a little bit? Were you kind of like, come on, that's not fair? Or how did you deal with the uh, – I, I know you weren't a complainer like that, but how did you how did you deal with those two games so close together? You know, the only positive thing is you're playing the same opponent, right? So there's going to be small changes made between the games. But it's such an intense game to play in on the Monday. To turn around and have to play another intense game on the Friday – is is really crazy because, I mean, you've seen it where you see a team win a very emotional game and then they have a letdown, right? So understanding how hard it is to play the game on the Monday and then go up to Edmonton, for us to travel to Edmonton, they get a home game no matter what happens uh, in the game on the on the Monday. They're, they're playing at home. Their, their fans are going to be electric. They're going to come out ready to go, and you have to meet, match the energy and, and then raise the bar. So – I've always enjoyed um, those two games in the season because it it just meant so much to everybody involved. Okay, Nick, I'm going to ask you one more, and I know you got to get back to work here. Uh, I've I've started asking this of coaches who used to be players, and I've got some interesting answers over the last few years. What would have Nick Lewis, the coach, thought of Nick Lewis, the player, if he had to coach him? Liked him? Been frustrated by? What would the relationship been? <laughs> well, one of the cool things is, in the in the locker room, I was always liked by my teammates and, and everything else, but I was a jackass. And, um, you know, I like to have fun, and uh, I was always doing something crazy. But, um, you know, none of the coaches or the players ever had to worry if I was going to show up on game day. And for me as a coach... Um, I just want to try to get the most out of my players and prepare them uh, to be the best that they can be. So I think we'd have been great together because the ego side of me is the on the field guy. The non-ego side of me is the coach. So I felt like I could have been able to relate to myself at a greater level uh, because I knew the desires that I had as a player. Right. So I think we'd have got along. But um, it would have been funny. (laughs) All right. Nick, always appreciate your honesty. That was a great answer. This was a great interview. Thanks for for coming on the show. I'm glad we can can still talk, even though – now we're on opposite sides of the the BOA. Though me as a broadcaster, no, we're, it's a lot easier. The, hey, <laughs> we're all in the same. We're all in the same boat. It's the boat of the CFL. Support one of the nine, and you know you're good. So uh, please keep supporting the CFL, and you know can't wait to see the Edmonton fans come out uh, and go home sad on on Monday and Saturday. <laughs> there you go, Nick. Thanks for hopping on the show, man. We'll talk again soon. No problem. Have a great one. That is uh, Nick Lewis. I, I, I love talking to him. Uh, obviously a very colorful guy. I, I know many of you are probably thinking, I hated that guy when he played for the Stamps, and he was fine with that. As he said, he was a bit of a jackass when he played. That was his word. <laughs> and he, he had to throw that in at the end. He said, Edmonton fans, come out to these games and we'll make you go home sad. Hopefully not. Hopefully Trey Ford and company makes it uh, the other way around. But very interesting stuff from Nick, as always. Okay, seven. 7- 8049600063 we will uh, again we're, we're we have texts coming in today and we, we're catching up on good ones we didn't get to yesterday so we'll do that and the off topic topic pickleball do you play pickleball and if so what's so great about it what would be your sales pitch to get someone involved in pickleball i'm asking this because the canadian national pickleball league is here on the weekend at the expo center with the ultimate pickleball showdown And we're going to have a pickleball athlete. 
to talk to as well. But I'm curious about your pickleball experience. Uh, 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chat. Well, that is the name of the program. Just a reminder, next week, some lineup changes here on 630 Chet. Well, things moving around a little bit. Uh, Chelsea on Chet is going to start at 2 and go until 5. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer starting on Tuesday will be 5 to 7 p.m. It'll be 5 to 7 p.m. for Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Inside Sports will then be on at 7 o'clock. So Inside Sports is going to go from 7 to 8. So uh, I apologize to everybody. I'm still here. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I believe we have a bit of a potpourri on the text line. Bit of a grab bag. Yeah, the the mixed bag. Is potpourri, the right term. I don't even know if potpourri is the right term. Uh, I'm just well, that's it's just the Jeopardy category. That's why everybody calls it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there we go. Potpourri I, I, is a mixture of dried, naturally fragrant plant materials used to provide a gentle, natural scent. I think I, I think you and I are potpourri on our own, Kellen. Oh, I think we provide a nice natural scent around six thirty, Chet. Ah, provide something. <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily our scent or not. But well, hey. it's a certain type of scent. <laughs> anyway, what's going on? Yes. All right. Well, Elks on the text line. Here we go. Uh, Teresa texted and says, Trey Ford is a hero the Elks need on Labor Day. This is the most excited I've been for a game since the 2015 Grey Cup. Finally, some hope after the last few very bleak seasons. Well, I think, and and, and not, I, I'm not, hey, I mean, hey, if that's, uh, I'm glad to hear that from people, but we are getting a lot of that from listeners. I'm certainly getting a lot of that from uh, family and friends and coworkers saying it, 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 a lot has changed for the Elks. Like uh, uh, my, my dear mother, who's a passionate sports fan and who for the first time in her life booed the home team when they got shut out by BC, she's been saying, I can't wait for Labor Day. She said it was at the point I wasn't even looking forward to the games because I just assumed nothing exciting was ever going to happen, win or lose. Uh, her attitude has, has, has changed, and I think a few other people might be in that boat. Arthur texting in saying it is too late to anoint Trey Ford as a franchise QB for the Elks. Yes, he's been good, but compared to the QB play the last two seasons, a confused chicken would be better. I want to see Ford for the rest of the season before handing him the keys to the team. That's Arthur. Well, would a chicken at quarterback not be a liability even if it wasn't confused? I would think so. I mean, how are they going to even field the snaps? They could run. That's about it. Well, they'd have to, like, push the ball forward with their nose. I don't, I don't even know if they could carry the ball. The center would have to strap it to the, literally to the chicken's back. Yeah, and the, say, the, the chicken would have to have some sort of a satchel to carry the football. Yeah. Well, that's quite a comparison. Uh, Trey Ford is better than a confused chicken. And it, quite frankly, Cornelius was as well.
Mm-hmm. That's, I've never heard that before. <laughs> Fraz texts in, and here's a good hypothetical for everybody tonight. Uh, who was a more hated receiver? Sorry, let's try that again. Who was a more hated receiver for the Double E fans? Nick Lewis or Alan Pitts? Um, that's a good question. I would say Lewis because I think he played with more of an attitude. I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. didn't he? Was it Lewis that injured Kelly Wiltshire with a block one year? I believe so. I think I you're think right. It, I think it might have been. Um, I, I mean, Alan Pitts was an incredible player. He was and, good. And Lewis was pretty good. I, I would. That's a good question. I, I guess people can answer that as well. That's a that's a good content creation question. I I, I would guess more people are going to say Lewis. Now it's been a little bit longer since Pitts played. I mean, Pitts was just incredibly talented and would hurt you by catching pass after pass. Lewis would catch a bunch of passes and act like a jackass, as he said in his interview, that he could right. act like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's That's interesting. That's an interesting question. It is, yeah, definitely. I, I, my vote would be for Lewis just because those twenty early 2010s uh, Calgary Stampeder teams in, in their entirety were just very hateable. <laughs> Because you you had Henry Burris, who, let's face it, he oh, never nice met a microphone he never liked. Let's just put it oh, that he's way. He's been awesome on this show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, great great guy. But man, he could he he could he he could uh, talk definitely for sure. Uh, John Cornish was just skilled to all, you know, skilled as a, as a running back. Yeah, right? Cornish so was excellent. He yeah. was awesome. And then of course Nick Lewis, right? So there we go. Uh, that's a that's a really good question. Uh, fit one more in here, Kellen. Definitely, we got pickleball talk as well. Oh, here. Good. yeah, I want to know more about this. What okay, do we have there. So D in and it says, I enjoy playing pickleball pickleball with my friends. You don't need a very big area to play. It's easier on your joints and not as much running as tennis. It's affordable, just difficult to find indoor spaces, especially in the winter months. Isn't there a dedicated pickleball facility? on Calgary Trail. I don't know, maybe I'm guessing you're maybe 70th Avenue or something like that. I don't know. South of White. I, I thought there was a pickleball. I'll look that up. But we will have a pickleball guest later on in the show. Uh, you have a football. Plenty of time for you. 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet.